It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Um, are you a jealous person, dude? Yes. Come on, dude. You don't know that? I know that. I kind of just want you to tell the baddies I, out there how much it. of a jealous person you are. I know it, and I work on it constantly, and I, and, and once, once I get money, I will pay for a therapist to help me work through it. Now- Jealousy, it's kind of like a blanket statement for where you could kind of, uh, there are subdivisions I of it. I feel it viscerally in my gut, and it makes my blood actually boil, and then I have to stop myself and do deep breaths so that I don't do stupid things or, or say stupid things or act in uh, um And that's not just ways. an exaggeration. This no, is kind of just like is, what really happens internally inside of Alejandro. This right? is actually very true. And I was afraid that it was going to come up. In Dude, it's going to come up. It the title to. of this movie is, is Envy. envy. Um, yes. And and I, I am, a yes, I am not proud of it. You can ask any woman that I've ever had an interaction with. So it with. occurs not only on a romantic uh, level, but... The jealousy occurs in what other ways too? Like, uh, have you been jealous of your peers, of or is it only really when like a guy hits on your girl? No, uh, I'm not jealous of a guy hitting on my girl. I'm usually more angry. Angry, <laughs> but okay. uh, but I get jealous of like, um, well, like I I, I, I guess when when I'm not, I, I you know what? I just get jealous, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to break it down, but it's honestly like everything. It's could, complex, could, dude. Could make me jealous potentially. It's complex, uh, and it all sounds so shallow, which is why I don't want to say it. Um, but you know what, guys? It's not like I don't treat this show like my therapy, anyways. Right? I mean, this is we talk Ooh. to each other. We're best friends. We talk each other to. We also pretend like thousands of people aren't listening. Yes. And that's the part that I'm thinking about. Now. Is that thousands of people are listening? <laughs> and honestly, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do Fuck it. Fuck it. I am a jealous monster and I hate it. It's my biggest flaw and it's the thing that I like to work on the most. And I've done zero. Uh, actually, I take it back. I have gotten quite a bit better. Um, but it's, it's a self. Uh, it's a self-loathing thing. I think jealousy stems from self-doubt mm -hmm. uh, and low self-esteem. Um, so... That's where I'm standing. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. I'm sorry that this is such a serious and truthful topic, and, and it's kind right of off the top, hard to stay a comedy podcast <laughs> you talking about start. your feelings. I thought it was gonna be a little lighter. I I, I knew you were gonna touch on some serious notes, but <laughs> now I'm kind of feeling <laughs> that this is turning into a therapy session. Well, because not just from you, but like jealousy in general. Jealous. Yes, people get. I'm sure you get jealous sometimes. Yeah, I mean, anyone that has a certain level of insecurity. Gets jealous. Yeah. I mean, already doing a podcast, you know, being entertainers, being uh, being the people that we are, there is a built-in level of narcissism that we already have because we're already recording our conversations thinking like, oh. People will listen to us. I think we're funny. <laughs> uh, people will think we're funny. And with narcissism also comes uh, insecurities and jealousy because we are our harshest critics. We are artists and we judge ourselves constantly. So jealousy is a natural trait. In myself, I've, I like, let's say my first relationship, definitely super jealous. But now after I got, uh, got over that, I'm more, way more secure. And jealousy is not, not necessarily a, a trait that I've, would say that I possess uh, now I'm to the point where sometimes I'm surprised when I feel jealous well I'll have such a physical reaction to it and I'll think to myself like oh shit like why are you even feeling this way and yeah. so I think that's a good sign of my progression yeah where I'm able to quantify it and look at it and kind of remove myself from it um but it's still 
is there. Dude, but if as long as you're a better person than the person that you were yesterday, that's super cliche, but true, that's mm-hmm. progress, dude. Um, At least last week. Uh, yeah, at least last week, that's good. Yeah. If you're making that progress. So we already said the name of this movie, but just to remind you, we watched a movie called Envy. And we are here uh, at the ICBTB podcast headquarters to welcome you and welcome you and welcome you. Yeah, we're trying to change it up with how we welcome you. Um, But that's uh, how we're doing it today. Yes. Um, welcome to another episode of ICBTB Podcast. I don't know why I slated that as a question, because it for sure is ICBTB Podcast. It definitely is. Um, it's also known as... It can't be that bad. Uh, and we're here to defend a movie which is definitely critically condemned, so critically condemned, you probably have never heard of it. This is still a cult classic, though. I think there is a small circle of people who enjoy this film, and I'm one of them. Um, yeah, and this is my first time ever watching it. I only mm-hmm. heard of it a few weeks ago because it was suggested to us by a baddie known by the name of Jill, Jill Montellano. I stopped there because she corrected me before. Oh, yeah, DM. we've said this name wrong a million times. There are two uh, uh, iterations of it. There's Montellano and Montellano. I like Montellano because it's uh, spicy. Interesting. Um, I rented this movie from Hollywood Video back in the day. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I watched this wow. movie years ago when it first came out. That's crazy. So you were familiar with this film prior to its yeah, suggestion? Yeah, when she brought it up. In fact, I knew immediately what it was. I I knew what the high points and that. was in yeah, it. Yeah. So watching it again, I was literally like, oh, man, I forgot about this part. And it was, I laughed quite a bit. This, I texted you during it, though. Uh, this is a, the most subtly funny movie. It's really subtle. Like, you have. Yeah, it's not dry. It's no. subtle. It's kind, you have to pay attention. You ha- you have to accept the movie uh, to enjoy it. Because sure. if you're judging it, which it was heavily judged when it came out. And and rightly so. This yes. movie, I think Jack Black had just... They, they, I had read that they were banking off the success of School of Rock yeah. to School make of this Rock, movie more popular. Uh, School of Rock came out in 2003. This came out shortly after 2004. 2004. And so Jack Black was blowing up. And the test screenings, the uh, the audience receptions at those test screenings were so poor that they were contemplating just releasing this straight to video. Uh, ben Stiller and Jack Black have openly and publicly apologized for this film. Uh, why don't we jump into the nitty bitty, itty bitty, gritty city pity titty. Once you could say that correctly, I'll give you one more try. Itty bitty city titty kitty. You know, I'll take it. Uh, this movie is called Envy and is rated PG-13. It was released in the year two. 2004 and has a runtime of one hour 41 minutes or for those of you out there named melissa it has a 101 minute runtime it has a rating of 4.8 out of 10 on imdb and eight percent on the rotten tomatoes and then uh, a website called bombreport.com it gives it a 1.5 out of 5 which is uh, bomb report do they only report bombs um chris <laughs> would you like to guess what percentage so, wait up. i want to break that down the comedic mind uh, that i have wants to break down bombreport.com they report not only movie bombs <laughs> but oh like God, no like terrorist attacks too <laughs> terrorist no, attacks. no 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 so you're scrolling down and you're like reading about suicide squad and you're reading about like batman v superman and then the next one is like 43 soldiers dead in an IED attack in Saudi Arabia. And you're like, fuck. They are reporting Suicide Squad 
and Suicide Squads. <laughs> and then and then Mario Kart because of the bombs in Mario Kart. And also like uh, different types of grenades, pineapple grenades, the history of grenades, the future of grenades, grenade launchers, grenade rocket propelled grenades, if torpedoes. This is not a website already. If you're not laughing your ass off, get the fuck off our podcast. Because this is a Hilarious. staple of our humor. Like if you cannot laugh at the double entendre of bombreport.com and what we think of it, then fuck off. That's right. Also, you know, don't, but rate us five stars. Yes, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Ball squeezer. That's... What percentage of Google users like this film? Caught me by surprise, because right when you said that, I imagined... Sque- terrible. Women out there never do that. Unless unless the gentleman asks you to. Consent is key, Christian. You don't know what people's kinks are. Don't kink shame. Christian. Someone sounds like a literal ball squeezer over there. Okay, percentage of Google users. I'm sorry to throw us off course. I don't about your sexual things, okay, on topic like this. Because okay. I don't like to tell you about my sexual I things. I know all about your sexual... You think I haven't seen those clamps? What? You think I haven't seen your clamps? Those clamps are to close chip bags. Oh, I'm sure, Christian. Chip bags. Metal, metal clamps with rubber, <laughs> with silicon tips. You don't even know what you're describing, dude. I get rubber and silicon mixed up because titties confuse me. What? I have, I'm have. i in a weird place right now. This quarantine has not done me well. well. Were you confusing rubber tits and silicon tits? It's just all the same. It's all rubber. No, <laughs> no, dude. Different materials. What are we talking things. about here, Christian? Envy. Kurt. What? Good. Good? Or Good. Continue. Okay, I'm guessing the Google users, right? Test. I know this show, and this is the order of the show. The Google users that like this is 74%. Incorrect. 79%. If you would have written it on paper and had sloppy handwriting, I might have given it to you. Mm-hmm. But I have you, you, This is an oral composition, and you have womanly handwriting. Uh, Tim, played by Ben Stiller has a chance to invest in Vaporize, the latest harebrained venture by his friend Nick, played by Jack Black. While the details are sketchy, Nick claims that this is a chemical that can make any substance disappear. Not expecting Vaporize to amount to much, Tim declines, only to watch the product become enormously profitable. While Tim's life falls apart, Nick's gets better, leading to an unspoken tension between the pair, until... A mysterious man, played by Christopher Walken, gets involved. Boom. Um, this had a budget of $14.58 million. Five million. That's how much it made. Five million dollars. Is that a fact or is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Ooh, something fell behind me. Was it my hat? Uh, yeah, it's your hat. You... It made $14.5 million. <laughs> so it made... Not just a, just as much as it spent? Yeah, a little bit over a quarter. No, $40 million budget. Oh, 14. I thought you said $14 million budget, yeah. and it made $14 million Four back. zero budget, one four box office gross. Wow, so it lost $26 million. In its like, and like you process. said, they contemplated just doing um, video release instead of having it go to theaters because it made such a bad um, splash. Yeah, and with a stellar cast like this with Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Christopher Walken, and Rachel Weisz. Yes, um, you know who she's married to. Um, not uh, Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. <laughs> no, because that's the only thing I know her from. Daniel Craig from James Bond. Wait, legit? Yeah. Wow, that's a good looking <laughs> Wait, <legit>? couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. That's cool. Good for them. They're gonna have beautiful babies if they don't already have babies. Do they have babies? Oh, God, I hope so. 
God, you that hope film. so. Whoa, oh, you're gross. You're disgusting, <laughs> I'm dude. What people are here for? Like, I'm all about sex and the art of sex and, and how beautiful it can be. But it's weird to want to get off at someone's and, conception. And I'm all about sex and how gross it can be. <laughs> That's or on two different sides of the coin, dude. And this is what makes our show beautiful. And this is what gives Pornhub a weird algorithm. Also, people I like you and people have, like me. Well, no, no, no. I'm not messing with the algorithm because I have a profile and it knows what I like. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're, you have a profile? I don't want them to send me weird stuff. I want them to know what I like and send me that only. Are you? Can I guess your pro, Pornhub uh, profile name? Of course. Everybody knows what it is. Is it? It's either a mid seven oh seven. No. It's, why would? Why the fuck would that be my handle? <laughs> or loves to splooge sixty nine. Well. That one was already taken. <laughs> so it's call underscore me Jesus. <laughs> what, for real? Of course. That's my handle. <laughs> You're trying to promote all of your social handles on Pornhub? Yeah, that's how you get it done. At least now I can comment on the videos. Oh, man. Let's... I plug the podcast constantly. <laughs> Put the link in there? Yeah. Okay. Today's episode... <laughs> Let's move on from this, just in case your nephew's listening. Oh! Just in case. Um, this movie is about a man who gets jealous. Yes. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about. This, even though this was lowly rated, movies have a purpose on this earth, and it is to entertain <laughs> and to spark emotion within its viewers. And this sparked emotion in me because it made me think of, like, you and I, we are, we are creators. Sure. And um, there are... A lot of people that destroyers. will pretend to support you, that that will that will tell you not to do something, even though you want so badly to do something. And this made me think about all of those individuals that won't root for you unless you are quote unquote making it, because no one was supporting Jack Black in his creative okay. mindset in inventing um, until he became. Uh, big until vaporize became a thing, and I think about that as a as a creator, as an entertainer. How there there are there are people out there that don't support until they see you shine. They don't want to miss out. They want to be there when you make it, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I you know I saw that so much in Ben Stiller. How much he didn't believe in this guy until he saw his best friend make it and became so envious. And I think that's what makes this a good movie that we can defend. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You and I, we have both. We were improvisers. We've been on the same uh, on multiple improv teams together. Yeah, and a lot of the times we'll see people like they'll root from a distance, but like, when are you gonna root me up close? When are you gonna support when are you me? Gonna root me, root me, bitch. <laughs> be up front. Be on the front row. Like really? Yeah. People can say, "Hey, good job with your podcast," and never have listened to a fucking episode. Wow. Right. You are. Yes, you are. I mean, you are. Dropping some bombs here. And I'm dropping bombs. And like, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be it. vulnerable and say it because the people that I'm talking about, they're probably not even going to listen to this episode. But the moment that, you know, this pops off, fingers crossed. Yeah. And then those people show up. Dude, where were you? Where were you? Hey, as long as there's money, as long as their money is green, I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> the thing that I do want to talk about, though, is in the beginning of the film when they work together and they're on their way to work. The opening of this film is beautiful. Oh, the camera angle. The camera rotating is a little sickly. They could have cut down on that a little bit. But Oh, were you getting dizzy? But it's a very good way of showing us all you need to see as it plays out. Yeah. The differences in their households and families. 
I wish, though, that they consistent, consistently carried that throughout the film. I wish we could have seen more of Jack Black's household. Yes. Like I said before we started recording, I'd like to see the sequel of this film, Envy 2, of the same exact storyline, but told through Jack Black's view. Because that movie could be funny of Jack Black trying to find his horse. <laughs> yeah, the entire time. Months and months of him just not knowing where his white horse is. And when Ben Stiller finally apologizes for killing the horse, spoilers, his Jack Black's reaction is a very you reaction to it. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, man. Understanding. It's, yeah, it's, you know, accidents happen. And, and I, I feel that, like, if I know that your intent, if you could explain to me, like, why you did something wrong, and I, I will try my best to understand you. It's all about intent at the end of the day. And, like, on Ben Stiller's uh, uh, behalf, he uh -huh. was drunk. It he was Super. jealous, and he just happened to shoot a fucking arrow into the sky, and it let's, hit. Let's his break horse. it down a little bit. Let's do it. So the movie opens. Ben Stiller and Jack Black are best friends and across the street neighbors. Also, there's a house in between them. What happens to that house? <laughs> I, they moved. I guess they moved I, and they bulldozed that house. And well, anyways, they're best friends. They work at 3M making sandpaper, and Ben Stiller just got a, a promotion, I guess, because he's a little bit higher off than Jack Black. And uh, Jack Black always has these kind of harebrained ideas, kind of like me when I have these stupid ideas of what this show could become. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of have to... But more fleshed out in Jack Black, because <laughs> Jack Black is literally just in the passenger seat of the car looking at his hand, and he's like, you ever think about your hand? <laughs> Jack Black is stoned. <laughs> he's stoned without being stoned. Uh -huh. He's like looking at his hand. He was like, I sat down on it earlier today. My hand was numb. It picked up a piece of paper. It feeds me. He's just saying ridiculous shit. And it's not until they stop at a stop sign, look outside of the car window, and see a dog <laughs> shitting. And the guy reaches down and picks up the dog shit. And he's like, oh. And then he has this great idea where he'll create a... He says, wouldn't it be cool if there was a product where you could just spray it on the dog poop and just disappears? Yeah. And Ben Stiller's like, yeah, but where would it go? He's like, I don't know. But wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And then, like, later on, maybe the next day or something. He's Jack like, hey, Black I'm working with somebody from uh, uh, development over there at uh, 3M, and, and we think we might have something. We're working with dry ice. And everybody's <laughs> with like, dry ice. I was like, or at least Ben Stiller's like, what are you talking about? Everybody else, Rachel Wise and Amy Poehler, everybody else is pretty much on board from the from the get. Everyone's so supportive except for his best friend. And I don't know why Ben Stiller's some, so. Someone has jaded. to be a realist. I'll give Ben Stiller that. Uh huh. In a, in a world of group thought, Yes. Somebody has to be the opposite. So at any given time, when when America votes to launch a nuclear bomb to Soviet Russia back in the day, there was one person whose job it was to say no. So even if the entire room agrees, yes, we should bomb Moscow tomorrow, it's one person's job to say, no, we shouldn't, because there should always be somebody there to give the counter argument. And yeah. that's what Ben Stiller is in this film. Yeah, He's but like an extreme version. I know you said realist, but this guy's... A, a pessimist. pessimist, dude. He says, you know, capital P. Jack Black is like vaporize. He call, he calls him at like two in the morning. He's like, <laughs> I got a name for it. It's vaporize. He names a product before he even has any sort of thought into it. Yeah, but miraculously, it turns into. Something. I like how Jack Black has no scientific background or like knowledge as to like what is in this product. He literally has what Darren from 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 R and D. What's the name of the oh, guy? Dmitriov. Dmitri. So Dmitriov um, does all the work and then disappears. Like he, we never see him again. Why isn't Dmitriov fighting to get a, Is how come he's not a partner? It would have been better if Christopher Walken ended up being Dmitriov. That would have been a crazy twist. That would have made this movie a big success. A big full circle. I do want to talk about Christopher Walken real yeah, quick. Yeah. So let's get so the so, J Man. Uh, Jack Black creates Vaporize and then cut eighteen months later. 
He has this gigantic house. It's a huge, successful product. In the same location so that Ben Stiller, every single morning he wakes up, gets to look at this giant... Well, and Jack Black says, you know, everybody told me I should have bought a house in Beverly Hills or, or Rodeo Drive. He's like, but I, I like where I live now. And I get to live across the street from my best friend. Which is so sweet. I That's love... That's a you move. Ja- Hell yeah, dude. And especially if you got millions of dollars, you'd definitely be like, Alex, look at this house I built across the street so we can be best friends all the time. And I would be so ignorant to the fact that it might just make just you like, so upset. Yeah. But I would still give you all these nice so, things. So, Jack Black has a horse. Yes. And, um, what's the horse's name again? Uh, fucking Corky. Corky. Dude, Corky. Corky and the white when stallion. Corky is always over at, at Ben Stiller's house eating his apples off his tree. And there's a scene when Jack Black goes over to collect Corky. And that is such a you thing of being like, hey, I came over here to come collect Corky. And like, but you yeah. Know, my, my, oh, yeah. my wife says I should keep the door closed, but I just can't keep the door closed. Oh, yeah. I would express my love for this animal and, in front of people. And, my ben, and I would be Ben Stiller in the fact of me like, no, no, he's not bothering. No, it's, it's fine. It's, it's completely fine that he eats all of my apples. It's okay. But I think this is where you differ from Ben Stiller in that dichotomy. Where eventually I would say something. Not that. And I don't trust horses? Prior to this, that, you don't trust uh, you don't trust large animals. I know that. Oof, definitely not horses. <laughs> but um, when Jack Black offers Ben Stiller, hey, you want to go 50-50 with me on this idea? You would have been like, fuck yeah. If you yeah. hadn't come up with the idea first, you'd be like, yeah, I see I'm a gold mine. Rise. You would see uh, you. The thing about you is that you see gold mines in ridiculous ideas. Oh well, that was kind of mean. Actually, I didn't know that's where you were going with no, this. No, not in a I mean see, way. <laughs> I see risk over reward because there I'm a gambler go. at heart. There we go. <laughs> you're just, you said <laughs> kind of fucked up. No, I. I said you see gold mines in ridiculous ideas, which is what sells nowadays. It's not a bad uh, thing. I don't know. I, 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 Okay, you okay, see, okay, okay, you're in right. In a you're world right. where they have... I did invest in Bitcoin heavily at first. There you go. In a world where we have those little devices, those little claws, so that you could pick things up from a distance if you're, like, too fat or disabled. Like, oh, you mean, like, the toy that they give children? Yes, but also the toy that they give morbidly obese people that can't get up and they got to grab an apple from five feet away. You mean a nurse? Um... <laughs> that was good. thank that was you thank you all right back to the movie back to the movie um a couple of things i want to talk about jack black's house yes he has the funniest <laughs> butler who is programmed to give you a compliment whenever he opens the door <laughs> which you would have that butler hell yeah i'd you be would like have the, be nice and, to my friends i would be the guy who is taking these compliments the wrong way yes because <laughs> you know ben stiller is not taking these compliments he's pissed he's, the butler oh, opens the door oh mr tim you look very it's a fit today. He says, fit yeah, as yeah. a fiddle. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is he in here? Is uh, Christian here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just walk in. I would, much like Jack Black, though, install a bowling alley right, right next, next to my to bedroom. I saw that on MTV Cribs, and I cannot remember which celebrity had the bowling alley right across from the pool. I hope it was Jack Black. <laughs> I think it was like Gucci Mane or something like that, bro. Dude, rappers nowadays get the most ridiculous things. Uh, no, because they listen to Grant Cardone and he says you should rent property. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I did think it was also interesting that he has a, a maid and another butler who are practicing for, for some a sort of bowling competition. A tournament. And apparently it's a dancing bowling competition. Mm-hmm. This is like the smallest behind the scenes thing that we have spent six minutes on that's fine we're here to break down the movie and i'm bright i'm down to break down a one minute scene into a 30 minute episode here's what i want you to break down what where do you think the poo goes 
Oh, prior to actually finding out at the end? Yeah. Um, I thought it disintegrated. I don't know. There were chemicals in it that just kind of broke down the fecal matter into like nothing. Wait, where does it go? I don't even really understand you where know, it goes. If, if, if poop is a, it can be used as a fertilizer, I think that's where my logical brain would have uh, led me to if I really thought about it, is that there would have been some sort of chemical component that kind of just denatured it and turned it into fertilizer. Just but like, it already, but expedited but, it. But poop is, by its very thing, fertilizer. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be changing it in. It would just, you'd be spraying it with nothing. Well, it'd be something that would just kind of like mush it and turn it into something that could soil. seep into soil. Interesting. So, Make it a liquid. Than, yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, how do they explain what it, where does the poop go? Oh, it's at the very, it's at like a main uh, turning vet, point of the, the movie. The says it, right? Yeah, the It vet, turns into a poison? It turns it into a poison that seeps into the uh, soil which then poisoned the apple tree, which then killed Corky. So all of the crops in America are, are in the world are destroyed then because oh, of yeah. this chemical. This is a big deal. And so, all they do in response is just invent flan in a tube. <laughs> which is such flan, flan a is, funny thing. Flan is a weirdly important staple in this film. I love, flan makes Ben Stiller have a mental breakdown. It's such a reoccurring joke. Flan comes up once Jack Black's family gets rich. His Flan! family is freaking out over Flan. I wanted to bring Flan to you today, actually. Dude, Flan is not even that unobtainable. It's at Rayleigh's. Yes, a, like a lower class Filipino family can easily get Flan. It's just a custard treat but, and it's still <laughs> real good. I think they're just white people who don't know what Flan is. Getting money does not just make it make you that much know more. what flan is. Yeah, just like, I don't know, be more cultured and you'll know what flan is. Flan was invented by mistake. How? Um, that's the legend of it. Mine, I, sorry, go ahead. No. Uh, that, I have a cousin uh, um, whose mom is so fop <laughs> that, that his mean? entire oh, fresh life, off fresh off the boat, sorry, yeah. whose mom is so fop that she would pronounce it flan. And so him, being born in America... Thought for the first twenty-five years of his life, the war it was spelled P L A N. Plan. Plan. And he would say it to all of his white friends. I, and they'd all just be like, What the fuck are you talking about? I don't want to sound racially insensitive here. When you preface like that, but most why, of the time you do. Why do Filipinos change so many letters to peace? Um just, I don't know. Is it because there's the so vocabulary. many peas in Filipino? I think there's a lack of Fs in the in the Filipino language, not Which necessarily the abundance of Ps. I think I think the Filipino culture just has this war between the letter P and F, and so like they have what? Okay, so if Tagalog, <laughs> Ilocano, and um, other of the English. iterations of the Filipino language, it's basically they're derivatives of Spanish. Spanish. Mm -hmm. Spanish in and Spanish, like Pacific there's, Island? there's a lot of F's in Spanish, right? Or enough F's. Yeah, Fuego, Fuente, yeah. Fuego. So they don't say Fuego. So I don't know where the abundance of P's came from. It must from come in the from, from like their island language that they had before they were civilized. And I don't mean that in a, in a no, fucked up way. But I like, agree with you. There's, some, there's something weird with Filipinos. Colonized. I mean, colonized. <laughs> I didn't mean civilized. Because I, what I want to talk about, one more thing about Envy is his whole interaction with Christopher Walken and the thing of the, the horse. The J Man. So uh, Ben Stiller gets fired from his job. Yeah. Rachel Wise and the children leave him. He is very sad. He goes into a bar and literally tells the bartender, I don't drink. 
Um, but I am having the worst day of my life. This all escalates so drink? fast, by the way. Because yes. all of a sudden she's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm oh, going to go move in with no my sister. Reason. Yeah, her sister, Windstar. Windstar, so. Which is named after a Chrysler. My mother used to drive a Chrysler Windstar. Hey, Chrysler crew. Hashtag gang gang. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he's at a bar and he asks the bartender for something. And the bartender returns with a pineapple drink. <laughs> and I love the fact that the bartender thinks, all right, this guy's having the worst day of his life. What's going to make him feel better? A pineapple drink. A tropical alcoholic beverage. And Christopher Watkins, drinking like a bourbon in a tall glass, no ice, comes over to Ben Stiller and he's like, another round with oh, me and my friend so, on the J-Match. Can we do the rest of the episode? No. Like we're walking? No, we're going to lose our viewership. I'm going to do it. By hundreds. As long as I can. Until I cannot. I'm going to stop you there uh, because I'm going to- not a decent Christopher- Walking, I'm it's doing. It's decent. It's good. I just need to know. Christopher Walken is probably not doing the right. first impression that impressionists learn. Mine was Tracy Morgan. Okay, do Tracy Morgan. Oh, right I don't now. do it anymore. I've retired that. Uh, but Christopher Walken is an envy. And he immediately, <laughs> so I love how he is that friend. Do you think maybe what Christopher Walken is a figment of Ben Stiller's imagination and Ben Stiller is having like a break with reality? Mm, that's possible because no 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 that's not possible because at the end of the movie his wife Rachel Vice sees, sees him. him but prior to that it's possible that okay, you're right Ben Stiller could have been a potential schizo and uh, Christopher Walken could have just been a figment of his imagination so Christopher Walken tells Ben Stiller the story about how when he was a kid he wanted to shake things up because the kid next door had everything mm-hmm. and he was jealous of the kid and at so- this point Ben Stiller is emotional and drunk because he's had five of those pineapple drinks. and very jealous of uh, Jack Black yes and so um, Christopher Walken talks about how he took this neighbor's BB gun BB gun and shoots his own house with it to kind of stir things up get the kid in trouble have his yeah. dad mad and then everyone gets and so Ben Stiller hears that story and he goes to back to his house and he sees this archery set that Jack Black has bought for him and his kid, who has become like a musical savant. Um, but that's a different thing. We'll talk about that. Um, so he takes the archery set. And he's going to shoot his house. And because he's so drunk, he misses the house. But what we hear is a horse. Corky. Corky gets hit with this arrow and dies immediately. Immediately. And, and, and Ben Stiller runs up to this horse and he says... I don't understand. How could such a small arrow kill such a big horse? It's a tiny arrow that's used for target It's a practice. target arrow, yeah. So that's it doesn't even really have is. a nip on it. And it like hits the horse in what you can see is like a non-vital area. Like and his shoulder. <laughs> and it took down this stallion, dude. So he so he uses a hole that was supposed to be a pool to bury the horse in. A bean-shaped pool. And they make it a point to call it a bean-shaped pool because in this world, a bean-shaped pool is they, higher tier than a they square are. pool. They are. It's, it's always going to be... Uh, a bigger pool. Because even if you have the same square footage, it's going to seem like a bigger pool. And, okay, what's higher? They, they talk about a piano-shaped pool. That's silly. Is that even possible? Yeah. They say well, that's the like owner a of Ben and Jerry's, thing? I don't know if it's Ben or Jerry, rest in peace, both of them, I think. Uh, <laughs> one of them had a pool shaped like an ice cream cone. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. So, like, a, just a triangle, essentially. With or a, a scoop cone, on top? Just yeah. a cone. With an ice cream cone. Um, yeah. So, he buries the horse in there. It takes them the entire evening. It's insane. And then uh, he and then uh, Jack Black is immediately stricken with grief that his horse has gone missing. Yes, to the point where he just cries on Ben Stiller's hood of his car. And offers $50,000 for information he on... He calls what, it pennies. It's pennies. <laughs> he just wants his buddy back. And he's trying to make Ben Stiller understand 
how he is giving the most because he goes, if you went missing, I'd offer the same amount of money. That hit me hard. I was like, Jack Black is. If anyone deserves to get rich, it's but Jack Black. But I read Black. it from Ben Stiller's end, and like, oh, you mean if I went missing, you'd pay as much money as you're paying for a horse? Oh, you saw it from that perspective. I saw it from like, oh, so I'm just as good as a horse. That is the split in our mind. Yep. No, because it's still fifty thousand dollars. But that's how much you're paying for a horse. But it's I'm not, not a horse. I know you're not I'm a horse. More important to you than a goddamn horse. But then Jack Black is saying that it's just it's not just a horse. It's also a best friend of his. So your horse is worth pennies. Is your best friend worth pennies? Dude, no, not just uh, pennies. Uh. He said he would do the same for Ben Stiller. Probably more. Who knows? Ben Stiller didn't go missing. You don't know what you do until that moment. Ben, D- ben Stiller does go missing for a few hours, actually. And it's one of my favorite scenes. He goes... So ridiculous. They go to um, J-Man's cabin, which is a crazy, hilarious scene where... Christopher Walken calls it a bungalow. So he, he tells Ben Stiller, he goes, look, get you the wife and the, the wife and the kids have come back, which means nothing so the wife and the kids are back and he says you and everybody get out of the house i'll get the horse out from underground and we'll go bury him in a place where nobody will ever find the horse yeah so he says the best place to do it you take my bungalow by a lake you can stay up there for whatever and take the kids they go it's in the middle of nowhere a shack overgrown full of dead animals and weird living creatures they have to park their car about over a mile away over a mile away and then they said he prefaced that there is a lake next to this cabin. It's a it's like a cesspool. It's a it's brown. It's bubbling. There is definitely an entire ecosystem going on in that cesspool. And then to make it even worse, they're laying in bed the first night, and it's disgusting. And they hear a snap, and they look out the window, and there's a man. What? And this part actually gave me chills. He because I because would it's shit actually the really bed. scary. There's a man outside. Uh-huh. And the man is walking around the cabin, and he goes and he knocks on the door, and Ben Stiller opens the door like an idiot, and the guy says, "Are you Tim?" He's like, "Yeah." You're Tim. Yeah. You're Tim. I'm Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, J Man says he needs you to come back immediately. He's got something to tell you. And also, when you see J Man, tell him he's square with Bosco, <laughs> and tell him. Up your ass with mobile gas. What are you going to tell him? Uh, that we're even with Bosco and uh, up your ass with mobile gas. All right. And then the guy leaves and you never see that character again. And if you're not in on the joke, which is most this of is like, Envy's viewership. And honestly, anybody who who knows anything, this is like a level four joke. This is a level five joke of a movie that only has three levels of jokes. Yes. So, <laughs> this is if that out makes of sense to the you. movie's realm of jokes. So, that quote, up your ass with mobile gas, Christian, what is that uh, a reference to? Kurt Vonnegut's uh, work of art. Because, uh, do you know specifically what? No, I thought you were because you, you prefaced it as a work of art. No, I don't know. I just I, I've know never read something Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, he's, an Ameri- he's truly an American author, right? Yes. And uh, his nephew wrote this fucking film. And it's something from a book of. Kurt Vonnegut. It's just so silly that that that's the message. It's like the most masturbatory thing that you could do. No, I disagree. I think it's an honor way. It's a way to honor his uncle, and it's very funny that he's that it's such a big thing, such like a deep line, and such a silly film. That's why I like it so much. The delivery was great in that. Uh, That cabin, that whole cabin sequence was ridiculous. And so he leaves to go see J Man, and he finds J Man in his living room eating chips, and he's Mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, man, getting that horse." Uh, the hole was no picnic. 
Yeah, they have to. J Man has to dig this horse out of the the pool hole that they had. Block locks, pulleys, everything. Yeah, he makes to get an this entire pulley system to transfer it onto a truck. Because he had a whole flatbed truck lined up, and then he couldn't get the flatbed truck, so he just gets a monster truck instead. Yes, and it's the monster truck is too high to pulley this horse onto so instead they put the horse on top of ben stiller's minivan which is an aero star <laughs> and i love the joke that when horses die they fall on their back and their legs stay stiff stiff and so even with tarp over this <laughs> dead horse people are seeing it as they're driving across stopping at gas stations because, they're like what the fuck do you have on top of your van and Chris like, a sofa <laughs> the weirdest sofa. looking sofa and then so they're driving in the rain and they go through they, a checkpoint. They get up when they get, I was laughing out loud when they get to the checkpoint because the cop doesn't say anything about the horse, and even Christopher Walken's like, "What an idiot! He didn't even <laughs> notice the horse." That's so funny. And then the, the the windshield wiper is gets tangled with the horse's tail. Yes, it's so bar. And then they're having an argument of where they're gonna dump the body. They finally get out to dump the body of the horse, and it's not strapped to the it's, roof of the car uh, anymore. And they're kind of just like, okay, fuck it. It probably right, fell over. into the river. <laughs> Which think it definitely it, did. At the end of the movie, you see this horse floating on a river, which I don't understand how it could fall off no of a way. van on a freeway down a hill don't question into it. a creek. Don't question it. It's ridiculous. Um, Dude, we didn't even talk about Amy Poehler. Amy we, we, Poehler we is in this movie, Amy guys. Poehler is not just in this, but she's running for the little Congress. She called, Once Jack Black, <laughs> she is married to Jack Black, and Which, once they get rich. Just like America, once you get rich, your wife runs for Congress. Your wife wants to do something political. They want to become an activist. And she doesn't even know what for. She says, for the environment. Just like Al Gore, just like George W. Bush, just like Barack Hussein Obama, you get rich Holy and get into shit, politics dude. and get fucking richer and that is alejandro's uh little portion of uh politics that you get to dive into are you telling me to get off my soapbox i get off your soapbox this okay. is not a, a politics podcast this mm. is a movie podcast i'm just saying it's weird that congress makes so much money when they're only supposed to get thirty thousand dollars a year that's right you can look up uh politicians uh pay rates yeah. right you why can are look they at fucking their millionaires why are they millionaires well some of them don't get that much money some of them are rich before they get into politics and that's, that's true. what i don't that like. is actually true um or they get rich while they're in politics i like that even less so i do like that this movie was a satire <laughs> and joke to that again level five joke in a three level movie she was like i'm gonna i'm gonna vouch for the environment and ben siller's <laughs> like the like what about like the environment the she's like the entire environment oh Okay, yeah, every, okay, yeah. This entire time, this is when they're having uh, flan, and then their children, Ben Stiller's kid and Jack Black's kid, are both putting on a musical musical <laughs> performance for their families. And their kid is playing, like, uh, a waltz on the piano. Yes, a, he is a prodigy <laughs> on even, the piano. Even Ben Stiller says a letter, he goes, and my son, my son's making trash canlets together, and I don't think that so much has to do with the money, with musical talent, but it means the same it's thing. It's something. And it's not even two trash can lids, like symbols. It's like a doll. It's a doll that he's banging against uh, the inside of a trash can lid. <laughs> not even to the beat of whatever this kid on the piano is And the kid even like stops and just like stands there watching the kid playing the piano. The kid is stupid. The kid <laughs> serves no purpose in this film. Ben Stiller's kids suck in this film. Uh, Really, man. I want to say. Why is Rachel Weisz so dead set on liposuction? No clue. No clue. I think because She's as women get older, gorgeous. 
she's gorgeous. As women get older, they get insecure. Beautiful accent. Um, beautiful accent. Um, but she was insecure with her body. She, she was a mom that's given birth to a, a child. And um, it's funny how much she was all about like, um, it's, uh, you know, it's all about self-love. When they're still, when they were still poor, it's the heart within the heart. It's the heart within the heart. We need to love ourselves. But once Ben Stiller is offered to be Jack Black's partner in the second half of the film, she finally gets liposuction, and she is so happy, super horny. She looks exactly the same. Exactly the same, just with tighter clothes. That's all. A little more makeup, tighter clothes. Fun fact about Rachel Wise: she has a dual citizenship in both the United Kingdom and the United States of America. Damn, good for her. She could do it both. You should get your dual citizenship, bro. Can you, are you, Stop. You, no, no. Uh, uh, sidebar. Do you have a right to a Filipino passport? I don't even have a pass. I don't I, have I know, a passport at I know. all. But but because your parents were born in the Philippines, do you have a right to a Filipino passport? I don't know how it works. Because uh, because my mom was born in Mexico, I have a natural born right to a Mexican passport. Uh-huh. And because my dad is was a Dutch citizen, uh, I also have a right to a Dutch passport. Yo, get a triple citizenship, dude. I think about it. Well, maybe not. I don't. I would never want to revoke my U.S. citizenship. But I do constantly think about getting a dual passport because. There's some places Dutch people can travel to that Americans can't. And also, people give you shitty looks when you hand them an American passport. Really? Yeah. Why? Because Europe is a shitty fucking place. I thought they. I thought a lot of Europeans like Americans. <laughs> and a lot of them don't. Okay. So, <laughs> the double-edged sword. Aren't they all? Uh, any closing thoughts about jealousy or how much you love my life more than yours? Oh, are you talking about yourself? Oh. I stuck Did my you tongue. just lick the microphone? I stuck my tongue out to kind of like be like a eh, second. Do you feel cool? Kind of face. Do you feel no, cool? No, because I just licked a lot of foam. Yeah, now so I just clean know. This mic. Just know, everybody uh, know that Christian's not cooler than me, and I, that's why he's the most. Because I licked of me. the microphone. Because you licked other things like that dick. If you have to make a joke like that, there's a deep insecurity that you have about licking dicks, dude. No. <laughs> are you a dick licker? No, oh. you are a. I. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. And I'll leave it at that because because I will not defend that too much more. Because then I seem like I have something to hide, and I have nothing to hide. And also, your nephew potentially listens <clears throat> to this. No, not anymore. Not after the last episode. Oh, that's right. Um, do you have a best person on set award, dude? I actually do. Okay, who? Christopher Walken. Same here. The J Man, with. With the movie, which I think halfway through they knew was going to bomb. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, actually, I disagree. I think they thought it was fun on set. Uh, I don't know. Ben Stiller looked like he was giving it 15%. He did not give a shit. He did. No. And knowing Although, Ben Stiller. I think this was in the time when Ben Stiller wasn't super uh, stoked about what was, you know, I think. What was coming his way. Yeah. Meet the parents and all that stuff had like gone one way. And like, and he was very, the Ben Stiller show had already failed. Uh, That's right. He had a show. Yeah. And there was a couple of, uh, he's a very good director, comedy mind producer. And he has definitely found his way in what he does now. But I think this was in the small window of time where Ben Stiller wasn't quite accepting the roles that he was given and wasn't super happy in what he had. So I don't think it's necessarily that they thought it was a bad film. I think. No matter what movie Ben Stiller was in in 2004, I think he would have given that kind of performance. So it was just a reflection on his character, correct? At that time, because Jack Black's giving it the Jack Black. His treatment. all, dude. Yeah. He, well, he was he must have been on a crazy high after School of Rock just took off. Yeah, well, I had heard that they had made this film and held onto it for over two years before they released it. Yeah. So I wonder if he filmed this even before School of Rock. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all that's because School from- of Rock came out in. 
2003, I want to say. Yeah, and I don't know when production necessarily started with that film, but like it's really night and day between those two films. So School of Rock came out in 2003. This film came out in 2004 and was on the shelves for two, almost two and a half years. So this film was potentially done before School of Rock was filmed or around the same time. So he probably filmed both of these and was hoping one of them was going to take off. Yeah, and psh, look at him now, dude. He's lucky he's he did too. Killing it. Yeah, he. In fact, looking at these pictures of School of Rock, he has the same haircut. He, I think he's. I don't. No, but he's like, always but, had long hair. But exactly like the exact same haircut that he has wow, at the end of this so film. Wow! So he could have so been I, filming I, both I, at the same time. I wonder if he filmed both of these films at the same time. Uh, uh, Jack Black, if you're listening, give us a call or drop us an email at icbtbpodcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, we like your um your gaming YouTube channel, the uh, the Jablinski games. And Christian loves Nacho Libre, so you know. I love Nacho Libre. Quick, tell me your two favorite scenes of Nacho Libre. Um, Just kidding. Nobody cares. What? Um, Fuck you, dude. There are a lot of people that care about Nacho Libre. <laughs> I love. You take I that love back when you get this upset, dude. Because Nacho Libre <laughs> is that the reason. Quick. Listen, everybody. Do you see that? Do you see that temper? You see how quick that was, dude? It's so good. I've seen him do that to cats. So good. The party scene. Have you seen the movie? Or are you just talking shit to make me mad? No, no, no. Both. Okay, so you've seen the movie. Yes. You didn't like the movie. I did not. We're gonna have to do this on the podcast. We're gonna it's have too to. High. 76. No, it's not. I'm just trying it's not lower, to do it. It's lower, dude. No, I know. <laughs> I fucking know. Uh, you know, I will say this. What? My best memory of Nacho Libre, I was in New York. The first time I went to New York, I went to this Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn. Their bathroom was downstairs. Every urinal had a television that had Nacho Libre on a loop going. Beautiful. Beautiful. If there's like... Nacho Libre is the perfect movie to be playing at a barbershop. To, <laughs> to be uh, a perfect movie to play when you're at your orthodontist appointment. Because um, it's not offensive. It's kind of silly all around. Yeah, it's good for the kids and it's good for the adults. It's like SpongeBob. Dude. Hey, if it's good for the goose. For the what? If it's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying something else. Um, Who's your best person on Saddleboy? The J-Man, dude. I said it. Yeah. Chris Walk. Chris Walk, And man. will you rate this film? Yeah, four out of five. Because my expectations were honestly very low. And so it was a pleasant surprise. A qualm that I do have with the, with the yeah. movie. I can't believe you have a qualm with this film. Is its soundtrack. Oh, I love the soundtrack. No. Oh, the they, fact that the songs are just saying what's happening. Like the songs I are pretty much it. just like a recap of like, and now you sad. It was like a South Park episode. It it's, sounded it's like. great. It sounded like Trey Parker. It's, this is him and Barry Ed. Really sad. I hated it, dude. Now he's going in his car. Like all the sad. backing tracks. There's like only one notable song in, uh, in the movie. Hit uh, me. I forget. I think it was Build Me Up Buttercup. By the foundation, it might have been that, but other than that, it was just like this weird. It's it sounded like they took a bunch of songs from the internet and from the internet that are non royalty, so they could well, just they, use this, it. They wrote the soundtrack for this film. Oh, that's they, why. <laughs> you know, I wish the film didn't they start had to spend all of that money, Christian. The film didn't start picking up for me until the second half when Ben Stiller. Became a partner and they go to Rome. That's when it fell off for me. What? Yeah. Really? Because the first I, half was kind of slow and it dragged a little. I liked it because the subtlety of the jokes, the quietness, the quiet humor of it all, it wasn't until halfway through when he becomes a partner that it becomes kind of a slapstick outlandish kind of film, mm -hmm. uh, which I still enjoyed and thought it was funny. But I really enjoyed the subtlety of this film, the quiet 
humor of this film. It's not dryness. It's quiet, subtle humor. It's quiet, yeah, and that's why I think people should watch this film. It's not in your face. You just just pay attention. No, and I don't think I don't think Ben Stiller and Jack Black needed to apologize for this film. In fact, I think they should have stood by it and doubled down on the fact that this is not a comedy for everybody. This is in the same books to me as Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, I have to rewatch that with Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, I need to rewatch that in my book. Best film he's ever done, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will argue that, actually. It's rated too high for us to do on this podcast, but I, I think- I just uh, want to watch it for fun. So um, good. This movie, Envy, was nominated for uh, a Razzie's Award. Oh, Ben shocker. Stiller uh, almost won Best Actor at the Razzie's, but, but lost- But he lost to- uh, Fahrenheit, or no, 9-11. Fahrenheit 9-11. Is that what they call it? Yeah. And you know who won that award? Uh, George W. Bush. Because according to Fahrenheit 9-11, he was faking all of that shit. It's so fucking funny. Oh my God. Look, what a there funny are joke. very big questions about 9-11, but I know you won't let me get into it, but let's just say, let's just say. Go ahead. America learned a big lesson that day. You know, you're going to be proud of me. I watched a documentary was talking about change? the secret society, talking about uh, the, the lizard people. Uh, talking about, um, you know, Kennedy's death and the real reason why he died. I'm not going to talk about it wait, on wait, Mike. Wait, wait, Which real reason? Because it was the real reason that the lizard people wanted him dead? I mean, he just knew too much information about uh, the secret society and the oh, extraterrestrial, stuff like that. I'm on the flip side of the Kennedy assassination where I'm taking, I'm trying to learn all the real facts of it. In fact, I just listened to a very interesting three or four part documentary or a podcast about it. And uh, essentially what it comes down to to me in all honesty, and, and it's really lame, and that's why nobody likes this story, it was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah. Someone tripped, fell, shot him? Literally. No, I'm not even joking. Stop. I'm No, uh, this is a whole different podcast. But seriously, the one gunshot, Lee Harvey Oswald shot his gun. It scared everybody. The Secret Service jammed on the gas, a hungover, almost drunk, didn't know how to use an AR-15. Secret Serviceman fell back, pulled the trigger, and that um, hollow point bullet that went through his brain is what killed John F. Kennedy. He pulled a Ben Stiller, dude. Dude, yeah. Just shot in the dark drunk messed up hit the most important thing in the world aka corky aka jonathan fitzgerald kennedy mm-hmm. do you think this movie's an allegory to the jfk assassination nope nope uh, that's is ben stiller lee nope, harvey oswald nope no nope. you think that this movie uh, is baddies, actually bye you can follow us on instagram <laughs> you know the handles And we're back. We I'm almost, back also. We for, almost also forgot back. to give a thousand shout outs to Jill. The wonderful wonderful person that <laughs> suggested this. Uh Jill Montellano or Montellano. Or um, Montellino. No, that's the wrong rendition of well, it. Well don't point at me and give me an option to say it. Okay, Montellano. <laughs> Shout Montelliano. Out, shout out, thousand shout outs to Jill Montelliano. Montelliano. Shout outs to, shout outs to, fuck. Montelliano. You, you got it. A thousand shout outs to you, Jill. A thousand shout outs to Jill. Montelliano. Montelliano is a hard thing to say a thousand times. Montelliano. Okay, bye. Montelliano.